Hey dude, Flix Anonymous. I don't know, it's just awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Plan B is, is just to keep on giving. Like, you, you work hard. That's what's that, what's that plan. Yeah, that's a plan right there. A guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who works. I know what you're thinking. I've kind of lost track myself. Being this is a 44 Magnum, the 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Flix Anonymous. I'm Steve Stebbing. I'm Trevor Duick, and wow, this is... Yeah, this we're is we're back. This yeah, we're back. We're back on the regular medium that we started. We were born on. Yes. <laughs> With a microphone in our mouth. That's right. Or near uh, our face. Near our fa- in our in the vicinity of our faces. Uh but uh I mean we had damn near 40 we fit over 50 episodes uh that includes a uh, video format as well uh, yeah. with with our the previous incarnation of our show. I mean, we started with uh, with you know this medium being voice medium. We did about twenty something episodes, yeah, and then we moved uh, and did, started doing some video, content. which was okay. Yeah, and it was a learning experience. But For now sure. we're back to we're, this is three We're going to start with brand new numbers. This is episode one all over again. We're rebooting. And we're right here on our new home on cknw.com. How cool is that? This is so cool because this is. This is legit. Like, this is damn legit. Well, we've always been legit. Yeah, I mean, in our minds, but <laughs> I actual, in actual factual, now that we're on cknw.com, I feel that much more legitimized. Yes, yeah, so uh, we're back doing film reviews. That's right. So uh, every week, uh, my good pal here, Trevor, and I are going to give you... Uh, especially in Vancouver, because we are on cknw.com. What's going on in theaters? What's new? What is exactly uh, good to watch? You know, we don't want to waste anybody's time. We don't want to send anybody to a terrible movie like Dirty Grandpa. Nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to go to Dirty Grandpa. Which is uh, on Netflix now. I don't know if you noticed that, but I I hope not many people have noticed that one and kind of leave that one as it is, really. Um, but let's head right into the new releases this week. There's three that are hitting uh, Vancouver in wide release this week. The first one is uh, the follow-up, or not really a follow-up. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel, according to J.K. Rowling, as you found out for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't want to call it either. Uh, I guess we'll say it's a spinoff. Uh, but this all happens before Harry Potter and that whole story ever existed. This is uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, of course, our, one of our personal favorites uh, is the lead of this movie. Uh, can you do that little that little Eddie Redmayne impression for me? I'm Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> That's pretty damn good. Go. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, it's pretty spot on. Yeah, because it's like a little I just shy. Keep think, I keep thinking Jupiter ascending. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you got to channel the real Eddie because it's a little shy. Yeah. It's a little. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't even look at you when you do it. It's it's that. It's a little head bob. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, he plays Newt Scarmat, uh, Scaramander. I, I don't think I'm going to get that name wrong. Newt Scaramander, uh, who is uh, basically visiting from the UK to New York uh, in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a briefcase full of fantastic beasts because uh, he's kind of writing a book to try to catalog all these ones. Um, Which, by the way, ends up becoming a textbook yes. at Hogwarts, and it's like Harry's favorite book or something. It's like it's like a real special book in that universe and everything. Yeah. So there's your tie-in right there. So there you go. It's a prequel. Yeah, exactly. J.K. Uh, Rowling's, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's also got some really uh, great actors in it uh, around Eddie Redmayne, like Catherine Waterston, uh, Colin Farrell, kind of plays your kind of villain in this movie. Uh, your future unfortunate Flash, uh, Ezra Miller, is in this movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm so against that casting. And one of my personal favorites, uh, a very funny guy who's in movies like Balls of Fury and Fanboys, Dan Fogler. Yeah, I'm seeing Ron Perlman is in this. Yes, he's a fully CG character in this one. He's oh. kind of like a he, he looks like kind of like a house elf. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's he's pretty cool in the movie. Uh, very quick scene. But of course, this is from David Yates. This is the guy that's done the last was it four or five the harry potter movies? he's done a lot of harry potter yeah so i mean it's obvious to bring him back on board in good hands exactly because jk rowling is writing the screenplay this time based on her own book um this movie was a lot of fun uh, i i had a really great time our screening was in imax i thought it was uh just a really good time it's over two hours you don't really feel that runtime because yeah, uh, the the action is fast and furious, and the story is actually there, following behind it, and actually well grounded. Flows well. Yes, you know what? If they keep on this on this path of of this caliber of movie, because uh, there's four more to come. Wow. Um, I th- I think that this could be as good or maybe better than the Harry Potter series. I think it's got that much potential right now. Oh, great. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was not on board. You know this. I was not really no, on board. No, you thought it was a money grab. That's exactly what I thought it was. And you're on the other side of the Potter fan thing, because you, you don't mind the Potter, Potter movies. No, and I not really... Not to say I don't like them. I really dig fantasy. Yeah. Especially the fantasy films that are targeted towards families and, and kids. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I think this movie... Uh, is kind of set up for the fans that grew up with the Harry Potter movies are now a bit older. And, and the books. Yeah, and yeah. the books. And these this this one is for that continuation. And you know what? Before seeing the movie, I was like, oh, God, really? we got to go through a bunch more of these ones. But you know what? Bring the next one on. I'm totally, totally down. Now, I, here's the thing. Can you, well, how old should you – how old should your children be if you, you bring it to the – bring them to this one? Is it super uh, scary? Yeah, it depends is on it... the maturity of your kid. But I think uh, – Eight, nine, and ten might be your uh, your your lowest, your low bar. Your, your low your bar. Right cut off. I wouldn't bring my four year old to this movie. Oh, okay, not a chance. Uh, no, I just don't think it would work. But as far as what I'm going to score this movie, I'm giving it a, a four and a half out of five. I really nice. Really dug Is this that good? Movie. Yeah, nice. I dug this movie. There's a couple things that gets into spoiler territory that I don't really want to bring up right now no but johnny johnny depp apparently is in it yeah that's exactly what i don't want to talk about okay but he is in it he is in them because apparently he has a bigger role in the next yeah he'll be much bigger i think he'll be much bigger in the rest of the series Mm -hmm. honestly yeah yeah we'll we'll see how that one goes uh the next one uh this week uh is the edge of 17 and this one's really interesting especially uh being being from vancouver is this entire film was shot in vancouver and was it did it 
uh, did they call it Vancouver? No, they oh. didn't. I, was I it don't, Seattle? Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's Portland. Honestly, oh, I, I think it's yeah, it's, it's Oregon. I'm, I'm pretty sure if if I can remember the license plates correctly in that, I think it's it's uh, Oregon. So Vancouver's I'm, been called a lot of things. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're we're the Pacific Northwest. That's exactly <laughs> what it comes down to. Uh, we've been New York before too, apparently. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. I, I mean, Fringe. I think we, uh, in Fringe, I think we were Boston a couple times. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. But uh, the movie stars uh, Haley Steinfeld, uh, who people may, may remember from uh, True Grit years ago. She plays the main character. And uh, basically, this is like a coming-of-age movie. Um, yep. that, and this is a field that's usually dominated by the males. Like, like if Lately, you, it seems. It, and before, I mean, American Pie, all these ones and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, like when it comes to like learning who you are, your sexual awakening, all that kind of stuff. It's usually dominated by the males. Yeah. Uh, this time we get a, a the lady perspective and uh, Steinfeld knocks this movie out of the park. She's so good in this movie. Um, basically, uh, she's one of those you know, the, the world's falling apart. I want to kill myself type of characters because everything's going wrong. She has a brother that is basically perfect, uh, played by Blake Jenner, who is from uh, everybody wants some, uh, her mom always dotes on the brother and always has this contemptuous relationship with her. Um, and she has one friend and then that friend starts to date her brother. Oh, so good. The world implodes even more. Um, this movie is almost completely stolen by uh, Woody Harrelson's character. I was just going to ask, how was yeah. Woody? He's so funny in this movie. Yeah. He plays a teacher of hers that's kind of her favorite teacher, and she kind of confides in him. Right. So yes, funny. Yes. Uh, but this movie uh, is almost completely stolen by a classmate of Haley Steinfeld's in the movie. Uh, the actress' name is uh, Hayden Zeto, who is from Vancouver, and this guy's line delivery is phenomenal like i it's it's so funny like the script in this movie is really fresh really pop culture really witty and just always popping that laugh for you but his delivery of it almost steals this entire film good canadian kid that's right that's right from vancouver in a movie yes exactly that's my so, don cherry yeah no it's good and i mean the red main's better i'm just i'm just putting it oh, out there that's a good point <laughs> it's way better um but I think that this should be a really big hit with the younger crowd with a, a you know a date movie this one would work really well teen movie yeah this is uh, this is honestly one of my favorite teen comedies of the year maybe in the last few years I'm giving this one a perfect five I really wow really, really go in the five one. the yeah. edge of 17 really edge of 17 go check that one out as soon as possible and that's playing that's every wide release that's, that's a wide release everywhere oh, that's nice um this the third one um it is a wide release but it only is playing three three theaters in uh, Vancouver. It's playing uh, Fifth Avenue, Riverport, and Langley, uh, Colossus Langley. Yep. Um, it's the new Ang Lee film. It's called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Uh, it's got Garrett Hedlund and Kristen Stewart, uh, among other people in the film. Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin's in this one. That's really weird. But I'm going to pick a bone with oh. Sony right now. Okay, here you go. Who? And this is not the only thing they dropped the ball on this week, and we're going to get to that in just oh, a Oh, you're going to hear it, here. Sony. Um, so, I mean, this is an Ang Lee film. Ang Lee's last film he did was The Life of Pi, which is one that you really dug. Right? Love that movie. So this is probably should be one of those awards caliber type movies that they're going to want people to see or want to get a word of mouth out on. Because right? he, he's a brilliant filmmaker. That's I really right. love Ang Lee. Uh, I do too. And 
there's no screening for critics, no advanced screening, no promo screening, zero. They're just shoving this into theaters at the high frame rates, the 120 frame rate, the thing that uh, Peter Jackson did with the Hobbit trilogy. Okay, right. Um, which I'm not a big fan of at all. I think it makes the film look just really weird. I don't, I don't know if you... You don't like that look? No, it's just hyper-realistic, and it's just... It, it starts to make things look really um, unreal. Fake? Plastic? It looks so real that it's unreal. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I don't know why that they're doing it with this film. With something with The Hobbit, maybe I would get it more, or a big action movie, but this, this film, I, I'm not really getting it. Because this is basically um, telling a, a soldier's story... Um, as he's at a halftime Super Bowl thing, and he's kind of like having memories of, the, of you know his time in, in Iraq the war and stuff. Yeah. So I don't really get it. Um, but shame on you, Sony, for not giving us uh, at least a look at this movie, so we can actually say yay or nay if this movie is any just, good. Could be just a cost cutting thing. I it don't could know. Could be that. I mean, it's not doing too well on the uh, on the rating sites. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes forty eight percent, Metascore is fifty four. So oh, it's middle. So they must see. This is what happens when studios don't give us screenings it usually means that they're not too hyped up about the film themselves yeah so yeah i don't know i I don't know exactly what to feel about it but let's shift our gears right now into the limited releases and i'll continue my tirade on sony because (laughs) sony had another film this week that came out limited this one i'm far more interested in watching than uh billy lynn uh, this one's called Bleed for This. This yes. is the Vinnie Pazienza movie. Mm-hmm. And as a sports fan and and as as a mixed martial arts and boxing fan, this is the Vinnie Pazienza movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were probably really interested to see this one. We've got Miles Teller playing him. Miles I, Teller is a fine actor himself. Yeah. Katie's, Katie Seagal plays yep. his mom in the films. Aaron Eckhart. Uh, yeah, Aaron Eckhart, who has, I don't know if you've seen the poster, Aaron Eckhart has like a cul-de-sac shaved on his head. Like he's like a balding, he's his manager in the <laughs> film. Yeah, they shaved the uh, Harvey Dent shaved a cul-de-sac into his head. Yeah, like that's 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 what I call it. That's what when you get that bald thing and it yeah. just no just no I empties everything out. <laughs> I've never heard and that before. You gotta get the goose egg. You yeah. get the cul-de-sac. The cul-de-sac. You get the tuft. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone at home is is kind of illustrating it on their yeah. papers right yeah. now. I hope. But uh, what bums me out about this film is not only you got a good cast and an interesting story, the film was written and directed by Ben Younger, who did a film called Boiler Room. Yes. You remember oh, that one? love that movie. Yeah. So it's like, I have hopes for this movie. And I, online, it's doing okay. I mean, 79% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That isn't solidified yet. 62 on Meta, which is not bad when it comes to that Meta score. Um, it's only playing at the International Village. So this movie is going to breeze into Vancouver and breeze out with nobody probably seeing it. It it, it looks like it's going to be something that people will watch on Netflix. Yeah, and I, I'm just disappointed that, that a, a film that apparently is doing well with critics in the States is not being shown to us here in Canada. Because I don't think anyone in Canada got an early look at this film. That's too bad. Yeah. Eventually bad. we'll be able to see it, though. Exactly. So let's move on to the next one. This one's also just playing the International Village. Uh, I saw this one a couple days ago, and Trevor just got out of a screening tonight for just this Just walked one. out of it. Yeah. So this, uh, I feel really lucky this year that we got not one, but two films from writer and director Jeff Nichols, mm-hmm. who his first film earlier this year, uh, not his first film, but his film earlier this year was Midnight Special. One of the best films of the year. Oh, will just, be in my top ten. Yeah, it's just a phenomenal piece of filmmaking. Uh, but he goes a little more contained, does a true story this time. Um, and something that I think will always kind of have that um, 
it'll always be topical right now. It'll oh. always be up in top at topics. And this, uh, the film is called Loving, dealing with the interracial relationship uh, marriage in the 1950s in Virginia, where it was illegal yes. for these two to be married. It put uh, people in jail. Yes, yes. If you date a black person or a black person dates a white person, you go to jail. You go to jail. And and it was crazy because this is the true story of Richard Loving yeah. and his wife. Um, yeah, uh, the Lovings. Yeah, the Lovings. Um, Mildred. Mildred yes. is what her name is. Um, which it's really interesting, though, because Richard Loving, even before they got married, uh, when they were like in a relationship, they basically lived with her family. His, him and his mom like lived with her family. Like mm-hmm. it was like an okay thing in in the in the black community there. Like yeah. they just accepted Richard. Yeah. It's it's such an understated film. Mm -hmm. It just it it, I keep throughout that movie when I was watching it, I kept thinking something terrible was going to happen. Like, oh, my God, something terrible. I mean, a lot of terrible things did happen. They went to prison, you know, and they they couldn't live in their home state. Um, You know, you can look it up online and read the Wikipedia about everything that happened. But they're very, very important people because essentially they were responsible for changing some laws. Yeah. And um, this movie is such an important film to see in this day and age with everything that's going on in the United States and even parts of Canada. Um, And so, uh, yeah, just a very understated, powerful film. Yeah. At the end of that, I was like, (sighs) yeah. You know, just that, but I just felt like I could breathe at the end of that film because this entire movie, I was sitting there going, oh God, because I, I actually didn't know the story. Neither did I. And that, I think yeah. that's a good way to go into mm-hmm. it is really not knowing what's going on. Um, the things that really stood out to me in the movie is Joel Edgerton reteaming with uh, Jeff Nichols again. And he is, I mean, the opening scene to the movie really kind of set the bar for their relationship. And I thought it was gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Edgerton was so good. And he just make he's just this, this dumb country bumpkin yeah. who loves his wife. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely loves his That's wife. We'll do anything. Force. Yeah. yeah. We'll do anything for her. Take care of her. Everything. And then uh, Ruth Nega, who plays uh, Mildred, uh, yep. she's predominantly a TV star at this point. She, uh, yep. Most recently, people would know her as Tulip in uh, Preacher. That's right. Um, but she kind of makes like a, a big film debut with this one in a lead role. And she is she is she's fantastic. Killer. And what I love is I feel this movie is just it's it's an embodiment of a close relationship between actress and director because Nichols just seems to just let the actors breathe within the frame. He frames it beautifully. And then he just holds that shot on them for them to emote. And it's so nice. It's such a breath of fresh air, but that's the entire film. Mm -hmm. It's just so like it, you see the emotions pouring out with, with every character. And that's what I just loved. It was just, it's a slow burn of a film, but it's, is so emotionally powerful because yeah. because of that because he yeah. allows the actors to 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 bring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I, I really like the movie. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm looking at here. You're saying 88 percent Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, that's what I'm sitting that's on as well. I I think people need to go see it. It's limited release. It's playing at the International Village, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad theater. I enjoy that theater quite a bit. No, so. no, great. Yeah, yeah if you yeah. can get past you know all the 
<laughs> the shops that all the all the storefront shops that are definitely like like a front for something fronts for something i don't who's know buy, tell me who's buying fake dinosaur eggs and swords all the time like <laughs> or or dashikis constantly like come on i know really you're a front for something um okay. anyway <laughs> uh, there, there's a there's a few uh other limited releases that i'm gonna go through right now uh and and sound off on here. Yep. Um, one of them's Operation Avalanche. It played the Vancouver International Film Festival. It's a mockumentary that supposes what if the CIA hired a couple film students in this uh, in the sixties to fake the moon landing. Well, that's it's not a mockumentary. It's real, man. <laughs> there are those people that believe that it's I'm, a real thing. I'm okay. I, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think. You know, is there's, it because the flag, the flag's waving? Not just that. Okay. The flag, for sure, is one. <laughs> I, I just hope, hope when China goes to the moon mm-hmm. that they actually look to where the Americans landed and give us proof that they actually went fair to the enough. moon. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, fair enough. We'll, we'll get back that. to that one day. Yeah. Uh, but this comes. From, uh, this is a Canadian-made film. Uh, it was directed by Matt Johnson, who uh, who made a film a couple of years back called The Dirties. Uh, this film was actually made in a kind of a guerrilla style because they needed to get into NASA to, to film some of this stuff. And so they said they phoned NASA and NASA's NASA's looking for, for for publicity. Publicity. So they're like, oh yeah, come on. So Matt Johnson and his crew show up in like 1960s attire, like glasses, like everything. And they didn't question it. And so they were just allowed them to film it. And so they just stayed in character the whole time and like guerrilla filmmaking in the middle of NASA. That's awesome. So I think this movie needs to be seen by cinema lovers that just on the basis of really putting your ass on the line for your film. Like they could have got arrested or something could have come out of the deal. So they, I mean, that that's a kind of a cool reason to watch it alone. This is playing at the Rio of course, theater. So Cause they love, great they love that movie there. Yes. So shout out to Korean Lee and the uh, Rio yeah. theater. Um, go say hi to Korean when you're there. Operation she's, she's cool. Avalanche. A- Operation Avalanche. It's a film that I give a four to five. Okay. Uh, the next one is another one I saw at, uh, <laughs> at, at VIF. Uh, this is one that everyone else is loving, except for me. I, I feel like me and the guy that I saw it with at the festival were not a big fan. The movie is called The Love Witch. I knew. I know that you were very interested. I, in I this can't one. wait to see this. It's, yeah. It looks like a saucy little movie. It is a saucy little movie. It's a. It's a. It's a kind of an homage to those '70s psychedelic uh, mystery horror type uh, films. You got me. Suck me right in. Yeah. It, it stars Samantha Robinson, who's just incredibly alluring individual mm-hmm. who plays our main character. She's escaping. Uh, some trouble in San Francisco goes to a small town to seduce more men to make her more powerful. So it's a it's a very 70s uh, uh, like just disco nightmare at part at, at points. Um, but I mean, a lot of great shots of Samantha Robinson throughout the film just to uh, just yes. to, to uh, you know, be gross about it, I guess. That was my dirty old man laugh. <laughs> That's exactly it. Now, couple it with some Eddie Redmayne there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Go see the okay, love that, witch. That was enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is written directed by Anna Biller, who also did the costume design, the set design, and the editing. She wore many hats for this one. So good on her for for putting this film together. I mean, people are obviously liking this one a lot more than me. I'm giving it a 1.5 out of 5. I just wasn't big on this one. But you can go check it out at Van City Theater, which is probably your most comfortable theater in the whole city. 
Because so. you can sit there and drink a beer. That's exactly Stretch your right. legs out. That's exactly right. And this next one on my list is also from uh, the Van City Theatre. Uh, it's from Brazil. It's called Aquarius. It did play the festival, but I didn't see it there. I just watched it at home here. Um, it is the official selection for uh, Brazil into the Academy Awards, which is a bit of a controversy because apparently the director of this film, uh, Clever Filho, um, was very outspoken against the leadership in Brazil. And then he got uh, that leader got impeached okay. as well. So apparently uh, all the other filmmakers that were up for getting the selection were very mum on everything and tried to keep out of politics. But this guy really pushed in politics and his film got selected too at the same time. Cool. So it's causing a lot of uh, stir in the arts community in Brazil. But I thought the movie was interesting. It stars Sonia Braga. She plays a retired uh, music critic who is being forced to move out of her uh, apartment building so they could tear it down but she, i mean she raised all her kids there had her career there um her husband died while they were living there she survived cancer while being there so wow. she doesn't really want to leave a lot of attachment yeah there. so this is a very character drama uh, i think it's a bit too long i think it has a lot of shots and a lot of pieces to the film that don't really serve the story and could have probably been cut to make the film at least two hours because the movie is two and a half hours so uh, for that reason, I, I would I, I take away from it. So I'm at a three and a half out of five for that one. It What's is 96%. Yeah, it's doing really well. It's doing really well. And that's certified too. Wow. So that's so Aquarius well. foreign yeah. film. Yeah. So it's a Brazilian film. So it's in Portuguese uh, with subtitles. So that one is also at the Van City Theater. And we have two because uh, the Park Theater uh, on Camby there has kind of turned into an event theater where they're doing like one night only, two night only screenings yeah. of films there. And they have two playing this weekend. Uh, they have London Road, uh, which is a film I saw at last year's Vancouver International Film Festival. And this one duped me. I was really pissed off with this movie because it duped me because it says that Tom Hardy is the lead as a lead in this film. I bet he's not. Tom Hardy's in the film for like two, three minutes. Of course. Of course. It bothered the hell out of me. But it's basically about uh, a bunch of murders in uh, the Ipswich community of London and the effect that it has on the neighborhood as the neighborhood tries to get back to normal as they're still hunting for this killer in the neighborhood that may or may not be one of their own. Um, But this is this is what another thing I didn't like about this movie is it takes a musical approach. It makes the film a musical. Well, it's right there. You're out. So basically, you hate musicals. Well, yeah, it's, well, yeah, for sure. And and I'm not going to shy away from that. But they almost in a it's a in a way it's like their interviews because it does it slightly documentary at parts. And the the way it does it is their interviews. They're singing their dialogue. They're singing like I saw him. He was in an alley. Like oh, that, that would just stuff. piss. It, yeah, that would that would piss me off. And I, I just think I think it's kind of disrespectful to the real story. I, like I, I, I'm, I, maybe they're not meaning it for it to be a disrespect. It's just a different way to approach the Very story. Very artsy. But I didn't. It, it didn't. It rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. There's just no other way to say it. this movie. Completely rubbed me the wrong way. This is a one out of five for me. And it's playing at the Park Theater. It's playing at the Park Theater, London Road. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't, Aquarius was a. Uh, Sorry, I said three and a half out of five, yep, right? Yep. Okay, I'm backtracking for a second. Uh, the other one I didn't get a chance to see. Uh, E1 didn't get us a, give us a look at this one. It's called The History of Love. It's got one of my personal favorite British actresses in it, Gemma Arterton, who people may remember from Quantum of Solace. She's the one that gets drowned with the oil and left on Bond's bed in that movie. Oh, if anyone okay. remembers that yes, one. Yes, okay. And she's also Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters with Jeremy Renner. She's 
gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. Lovely. Um, but this is a this is kind of a it's this is a a French Canadian uh, actual France film and Romania co-production to make this film. Uh, it's playing at the Park Theater. I don't really know a lot beyond this one because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't have any reviews on it, and Metascore doesn't even know what the hell this movie is. So uh, let's just say uh, just go I've, into that one completely blind. Yeah, even wear a blindfold or a balaclava. I don't know. I don't know if the Park Theater employees will like you wearing a balaclava, but just tell them the flicks made you do it. All right, so uh, we're going to give you some recommendations here, like we are going to every week, uh, stuff that's new on Netflix or on your VOD machine or that you can go buy on Blu-ray right now. And uh, something that we love to do is uh, partake in uh, what we call our stoner picks, something uh, for you to relax to and just uh, let your mind wander with some good cinema. So uh, Full coach lock. That's exactly it. So uh, let's, uh, let's start the ball rolling uh, with, uh, with my uh, recommendation this week. And this is a really easy one because there really is only one Blu-ray out this week. And it's uh, Finding Dory, which is the follow-up 13 years after uh, Finding Nemo. This time uh, we get Dory's side of the story as she tries to discover who she is. We have all our returning cast, plus some new guys. We got uh, Ed O'Neill as a cantankerous octopus. He was he was fantastic. so good. I did, actually didn't pick his voice out until I saw it in the credits at the end. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's Al Bundy. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's... That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you also have Caitlin Olsen and uh, Ty Burrell in this one. Uh, this, I mean, it's not Finding Nemo. You're not going to get into this movie and, and, and you know, have the same lightning in a bottle that was Finding Nemo. But it is gorgeous but to look at. But it is gorgeous at. because Pixar just keeps growing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They, they just, they keep getting better and better and better mm-hmm. at their, at their jobs. So uh, yeah, this, this one looks phenomenal. Um, the, Opening short is the is Piper. Yep, one of my favorite shorts in a it's long time. It's one of the time. best Pixar shorts. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very simple but just stunning to look at. So uh, that's going to look really nice on your 1080p if you get that on Blu-ray. I believe it's on 4K as well. 4K, yeah. So uh, definitely go and pick up Finding Dory. Yeah, I really liked Finding Dory. That's a good pick. Uh, one of my favorite animated films of the year. But uh, you know, I, Zootopia takes it for me right now. But for sure. uh, I uh, really liked it. If you liked Finding Nemo, Nemo, you'll like Finding Dory. And I liked the other side of the equation, the other story of sort of how she's out there to try to find her family. And uh, you kind of get a little bit at the beginning about how she, you know, uh, found uh, Nemo. Yes, which yeah. is both adorable and totally heartbreaking at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, good film. Good pick. All right. For me, my little uh, VOD pick uh, again, video on demand. Went with Sausage Party. And, of course, Seth Rogen's in it. Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, James Franco. We could go on and so on many. and yeah. on. All-star cast. Edward Norton, though. My <laughs> God. Love him. And the <laughs> fact that he's in this is even just, you know, funny in itself. As a, it's, as a Woody, Her- uh, Woody Allen-like bagel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie... Um, well, first off, just to let you know, it's, it's about a sausage named Frank and they're in a grocery store and, and they're bound to, they just want to get to the promised land, this heaven where they think it's, you know, living with humans in, at, at a house and not in the grocery store. And what ends up, 
you know, what they think is is heaven and paradise ends up being total hell. And this movie is not what you think it is. It is not a Pixar film. It's not Finding Dory. Okay? Do not put your kids in front of this movie. This movie is freaking raunchy. It is disgusting. It is food porn and not how you think food porn is. Nope. And it is wonderful. I and it has some heart. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a message in this there movie. Is, there is. Which is really hilarious. And I love the uh the the religious lampooning that they do throughout this film. I think it's fantastic. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And um I was going to put this as a stoner pick as well cuz it really is. Uh so you can enjoy everything that BC has to offer before this one and uh yeah, you can get it on VOD right now, and I, I watched it about a week ago for the first time, finally, and <laughs> I was laughing pretty hard where my wife left. <laughs> she left. I'm going to bed, she said. Oh, this is disgusting. It's not for everybody. It's no, not for it's everybody. not. No. And again, no, do not, not watch it with your kids. Okay? <laughs> You've got to stress that right yes. now. Yeah, stressing it. Uh, okay, so stoner picks now. Um, <laughs> mine's really easy. I, I mean, these guys have probably been uh, rocking stoners for 40 years. Uh, it's the documentary Rush Time Stands Still. I got the chance to see this uh, at a press screening. Um, and this is basically the story of Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, Neil Peart as their doing their final tour, the Rush 40 tour, because unfortunately both Pert and Lifeson have arthritis now. They're getting older. Uh, Neil Pert's got, yeah, I'm going to say he's the greatest drummer of all time. He, he is an incredible, incredible musician. All three of these people are incredible musicians. Uh, they've never disappointed their fans. Um, but this one is truly for the fans. And when you're watching it, you're probably going to realize that you're not as much a fan as you thought as they're like, oh, what Rush concert is this for you? And the guy's like 162. You're like, you've seen Rush 162 times over 40 years. Holy shit, man. So, slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. So, yeah, exactly. Um, this movie is a great concert film. Plus, it's a great nostalgic look at one of Canada's greatest exports ever. So uh, Rush Time Stand Still is on Blu-ray. It's on DVD. Pick it up and pound it on your surround sound. I was never a fan of Rush. No? Oh. No. Just never this got into it. Different. This is uh, the Rush. Sacrilegious, I know. Yeah, Rush was Rush for me is the start of prog rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like if we didn't have Rush, we didn't have, wouldn't have bands like Tool and... and uh, uh, Opeth and Isis and stuff like that. So, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, my stoner flick is Inherent Vice, which is actually now on Netflix and uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who gave us Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, which is one of my favorites. Punch films Drunk of all Love, time. which is now on Criterion Collection. Punch. Yes. 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 Adam Sandler. Anderson. Good. Good. Love him. Um, so Inherent Vice on Netflix stars Joaquin Phoenix, Josh Brolin, Owen Wilson, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Benicio Del Toro. It's a great cast. And it's about a 19, it's about a private investigator in 1970 named uh, Larry Dox Portello, played by Joaquin Phoenix. And he receives a visit from his ex-girlfriend, who is, uh, whose boyfriend uh, is, you know, having an affair I believe I think that's his name is uh, Mickey Wolfman. It's played by Eric Roberts. Yes, yes. Yeah, she wants his. He wants a doc's help in foiling a plot by Mickey's wife 
and her lover to have Mickey admitted to a mental health institution. <laughs> it is freaking confusing. Yeah. This movie is a trip. Yes, it is. It is. It it. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of The Big Lebowski or one of those movies where you, you watch it and it just kind of plays out in front of you and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's I think it's Anderson's most completely out there film he's ever made. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas did the same thing for me as well. Okay. It's just a it's just a mad trip. Yeah. And uh, but what I loved about this movie was Joaquin Phoenix. I think it was one of Joaquin Phoenix's best films. Right. And uh, so it's my stoner pick. Get a nice sativa with that. And uh, again, Inherent Vice, it's on Netflix. Beautiful. So that is how we do it here on Flix Anonymous. Quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. We give you what's in theaters. We give you something that uh, we're uh, really, uh, really digging on and uh, some stuff that we have some fun with. Um, You can catch our show on Twitter at Flix Anon. We're also on Facebook at Flix Anonymous. And uh, you can find me at the Steeple Dead. I'm at Trev Duick. And uh, we'll be back with you next week with some uh, some interesting stuff. Because of American Thanksgiving, we have some staggered releasing coming out uh, next week. So we have uh, four movies coming out on uh, on the Wednesday night, uh, which include uh, a new Disney princess emerging out of the ocean, which is a, a really interesting one. Uh, another installment where Billy Bob Thornton is playing Santa. Uh, Warren Beatty returns what yeah after a bullworth was his last movie bullworth came out in 1995 which is crazy Mm -hmm. so he's back now so that's pretty interesting uh brad pitt and marion cotillard in a spy flick that may have broken up brad pitt's marriage apparently maybe yeah i don't i think it was the incident on the plane yeah i think i think it was something else um and then on friday we get manchester by the sea can't wait nocturnal animals and one film that's going to be in limited release but until then thank you everybody for listening to the very first episode of flicks anonymous on cknw.com and we'll check you out next time later too much fighting on the dark star hey you crazy cinephiles thanks for listening to flicks anonymous Feel free to send us nasty and abusive social media messages on Twitter at FlixAnon. If you need more characters to tell us how much we suck, you can find Flix Anonymous on Facebook. Until next week, may your weed be sticky and your scotch be hoppy.